the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, The Athletic, a subscription based sports news site delivering in depth sports coverage for real fans. Get detailed coverage of every trade, every free agent signing, and every storyline on your team, which is where we're going to live today, by the way, because we've got trades to talk about, as you might imagine. Get expert analysis from national writers like Ken Rosenthal, Michael Lombardi, Pierre Lebrun, and all the analytic gurus like John Hollinger and Seth Partner. Join today. Get 40% off your yearly subscription by going to theathletic.com slash spottrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, theathletic.com slash spottrack. Good evening. My name is Mike Gennetti, and this is a bit of an emergency podcast to dive into this Rams-Texans debacle, which many of you are doing right now, I'm sure. Uh, we've got plenty of numbers to talk about here, so I wanted to hop on here for a little bit of time and just kind of break down what just happened, what it means for the 2020 season, and then obviously going forward because the Rams have piled up a good amount of dead cap now that is worth talking about, and certainly the Texans have made enough moves, reckless or not, well, time will tell, but it's enough to definitely have a little show about because uh, I, have, I don't know if I've seen two or three moves back to back to back like this that has been universally hated as much as what Bill O'Brien has done with the Texans over the past couple of months here. So we're kind of break down both sides of this. Uh, look, there's players involved. You can understand at least from a, from a positional standpoint, what's happening here. Um, so let's, let's start with the Rams because there's just a lot to unpack there. And really there's, if we dive down pretty deep, there's a lot, the, the root of this, all of this is Jared Goff. And I'm going to, I'm going to wait on that comment until the end of this little rant, because the nuts and bolts of what just happened tonight was is Brandon Cooks was traded to the Houston Texans, um, a move that was not a business move, at least not for the the short term. Certainly for the long term, they're going to clear a bunch of cash and cap, and we can talk about that as well. But Brandon Cooks now replaces DeAndre Hopkins along with Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, and Will Fuller. That's the four-man arsenal now from the wide receivers in Houston around Deshaun Watson. Love it or hate it, that's what they're going to go with. Whether or not they draft somebody as well is purely speculative at this point. But, you know, Hopkins out, and those are the four guys you're working with now. Uh, on paper, from a fantasy perspective, from a eye test perspective, not great, especially when you throw David Johnson into the mix. But, um, look, here's the numbers. Here's, here's what happened to the Texans over the past couple of weeks here. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had a $12.5 million base salary. That's gone. That's now with Arizona. If you add the, the two picks they shopped, they sent out in that trade and the Brandon Cooks trade because they did include a pick, um, the number 57 overall pick, just to be clear, to, to bring in Brandon Cooks. We're talking about $14.1 million of cap out in 2020 for Houston. However, they bring in David Johnson and Brandon Cooks, add Randall Cobb, add the number 40 pick, because that's what's coming back for that, De that DeAndre Hopkins move, along with David jo jo Johnson. All of that estimated cap combined is $26.5 million. So the only justification you can, you can point to Bill O'Brien with is depth over singularity, because he basically said, I'm not going to pay you, DeAndre Hopkins, 18 or $19 million a year, maybe closer to 21 at the end of the day when it's all said. I'm not doing that as acting GM and head coach. But what I'll do is I'll find three of you that add up to that. And that's essentially what he's done. That's essentially what Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills cost on an average annual basis right now to the Houston Texans is 
whatever DeAndre Hopkins was looking for, say $20 million a year. Um, so if you're looking at it from that perspective, it's not terribly crazy. Depth wins out. It's something the Patriots have done for a decade and a half now, and it's worked. Um, so it's doable. It's doable. It, there's, a, there's a chance that we're all laughing at ourselves and not at the Houston Texans in 12 to 14 months. I don't think it's likely because I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is somebody you just replace, whether that's with three or four guys or not. But time will tell, like we said. That's the money, though. It's, it's about 14 out and about 26 and a half in. That's what the Houston Texans have done, not, not to mention forfeiting a couple of really valuable draft picks in the process. Okay. They also, by the way, uh, and this was last year's situation, so I didn't include it here, but don't forget, they gave up a, a farm and a barn to get Laramie Tunsil in, and they're now trying to pay him $20 million a year. So not to mention Deshaun Watson, their quarterback is – eligible for an extension and he's going to be worth about 38 million dollars a year so there's plenty of money that needs to get paid out in houston you can somewhat justify them not wanting to throw 20 million dollars at deandre hopkins and going this route which is plug and play with depth the problem is the players they've picked here to plug and play with are (laughs) not positives for a lot of people i think that's the twitter reaction we're seeing right now is you're you're trying to fix you're trying to replace an elite player with four players who are crazy injury-prone, average. Some have shown flashes of above average at times, certainly. I mean, Brandon Cooks has now been traded for two firsts, two seconds. I mean, the the list is is piling up, and and the coaches and teams that have traded for him and then traded him away are Hall of Famers. So you can understand the, 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 the lure that Brandon Cooks has. But look, he's getting older. It's about four years and $47 million remaining. Only $8 million this year guaranteed. No dead cap going forward. So that's Houston's justification. We're bringing in this guy. We had to forfeit a second-round pick, the number 57 pick. Um, we're going to get another a late pick plus Brandon Cooks. And we get him essentially on a one-year $8 million fully guaranteed contract, and then it's whatever we want to do with it after that. Uh, fine. That's fine. We all know his injury history. We all know his lack of touchdown production. Anyone who's had him on a fantasy roster knows how frustrating he can be over a 16-week schedule. Fine. We, we, we know all that. Um, I'm just trying to shed a little positive light on what Houston has done here because there, there is that angle to it. You can also crush him, and I've done plenty of that on Twitter, and there's been drones of people who have done the same. So I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to let my Twitter feed speak for itself on that. The numbers, though, do bear out. Houston's added cap in 2020. They flat out added cap, almost $12 million of cap when it's all said and done. So this was not a business decision by any means outside of the fact that they they didn't want to guarantee $50 million to DeAndre Hopkins over the next two and a half seasons. And there's some justification for that. That's all I'm saying. Okay, let's let's swing back to the Rams. So So Brandon Cook's contract with the Rams had a signing bonus, an option bonus, a roster bonus this year, and a fully guaranteed salary this year. All of that added up to $21.8 million of dead cap just to trade him out of town. And because that trade has to process now, because there's draft picks that need to get processed in the next two weeks for this draft, it means all that dead cap hits right now. $21.8 million of dead cap to the Rams in 2020. Add that on to $11.5 million to Todd Gurley on June 2nd, and you've got 35 and change for two players not playing on your team anymore. Uh, it's a monstrous dead cap hit. It's monstrous. It, it, it is a complete turnover of your core is what you've done. 
And the one piece that still remains is the guy who's carrying the $36 million cap hit this year in Jared Goff, your quarterback. And the reason I want to bring up Jared Goff is you can't talk about releasing Todd Gurley and trading Brandon Cooks without looking at Jared Goff's contract because it is early and it is crazy strong. Uh, I threw a tweet out about a month ago when all this happened, but this is what Jared Goff's contract currently looks like with the Rams. By the way, I mentioned timing. That is the most important part of this. Jared Goff was after year three when this contract signed, which means he played his first year of the extension last year when he would have been on year four of his rookie contract on an $8 million cap hit. That cap hit then moved up to 10 and a half. This would have been his fifth year option on a $22 million cap hit. It's now $36 million, the highest in all football. So a guy who didn't need a contract. He was extension eligible, but absolutely not need, did not need a contract. He had a year four plus a year five and a franchise tag if they wanted it. There was tons of time to get a Jared Goff deal done. They, they gave it to him immediately, right out of the gate, right before the 2019 season. And here's the other problem with that contract. As of March 19th this year, all of this year is fully guaranteed. Okay, so no, no surprise there. The second year fully guaranteed now. $21 million roster bonus. $10 million salary, except here's what else is fully guaranteed. Next year's $25 million salary, next year's $2.5 million roster bonus, and 2022's $15.5 million roster bonus. There is $74 million fully guaranteed to Jared Goff right now through 2022. Uh, for a guy who many people, many experts, many smart people that I follow on a daily basis think should never have got the second contract. Uh, certainly not yet. Right? We should be seeing what the fifth-year option plays out for Jared Goff in, in a Rams uniform. So the fact that he got it when he got it, and now it's this impactful in terms of guarantee structure, it's all bad news. And you can't have this contract and also have a Brandon Con Cooks contract that has similar guarantee structure, multiple bonuses, tons of dead cap, and a degenerate knee for a running back who's got the same contract structure, obviously less in cash, but same structure. You got crushed. You got crushed with two players who were basically two years and done for you on their, on their veteran contracts in Cooks and Gurley, and now you're paying the price. 2020 is going to be a pay-the-price year from a dead cap perspective for the Rams, and we'll see. We'll see what this, what this roster looks like because they also don't have a first-round pick this year or a first-round pick next year because of trades for Cooks and, Brandon, and Jalen Ramsey. Excuse me. So there's just not a lot of... Not a lot of assets in the bank right now. This is a team that is completely pinned down. And they lost $5 million of cap space to trade Brandon Cooks. Lost. It was a $16.8 million cap to start. They just took on $21.8 million this year to, to let him go, to let him go to Houston. That's what happened just now. Now, now they did acquire a second-round pick for him, which is incredible because everybody in the world knew Brandon Cooks was on the trade block. And I can't imagine that there were five, six teams slamming down the door to get this guy on this contract. So it's incredible. The Rams paid a $4 million roster bonus about three weeks ago. So he's already been paid that from the Rams. That stays on their dead cap. That's part of the 21.8. And now he goes to Houston on an $8 million salary. So again, you can justify Houston there. That's a really nice figure for a player that could. He's boom or bust. But if it's boom, that's a great get. That's a great price for a great get. But the Rams just really bungled these structures. They really did. The timing of the contracts and the structure of the guarantees put them in a position where you can't get out. 
So the fact that they had to get out, they had to release Todd Gurley, which you can understand, but it crushed them. I mean, that's a post-year first designation. It's still going to crush them in dead cap this year and next year. And now this Cooks trade loses them $5 million of cap. Not ideal. <laughs> Definitely not ideal. So 2020, 2020 is going to be whatever they can win because they could still go and win 10, 11 games. Let's be fair here. And it's going to be a lot of dead cap. Generally speaking, when teams pile up this kind of dead cap, it, it, it precludes them from building a roster that can be successful. We, we very, very rarely see top five dead cap leaders in top five wins. It just doesn't happen because, and it's logical, right? If you're, if, if you're allocating so much of your cap to this dead space that for players that don't even exist on your roster and can't produce for you, then of course you're not going to have much left in the bank to, to put towards production. It's, it's logical. This is, this is a team that could be an exception. They've got a winning spirit. They've got a heck of a coach. They do have a quarterback who has shown flashes, just not consistently enough to guarantee them the amount of guarantees that he got. But there's a chance that this is still a 10-win team. And, again, they're laughing at us in 12 to 14 months, just like Houston could be with the, with the Hopkins move. Again, it's probably not likely. It's not likely because, because what you gave up for Jalen Ramsey, by the way, those, those two firsts, you're going to have to go – and give him 85 to $90 million, $55 million fully guaranteed. So can you do that now, or are you going to get into a situation where you make him play out a fifth-year option? And I don't know if this is the kind of guy you want to mess with on a contract battle, but then do you have to go and tag him next year just to keep him in the house and hope you can work on a multi-year deal? That just seems like a slippery slope for a guy that you gave up the, the, the house and the farm to bring in in the first place. Uh, so we'll see. That's a, it's, a, it's a tough 18 months for the Rams. I can understand why they're doing this because the, the long-term makes a ton of sense, just a ton of sense. I mean, if you're talking about future savings from releasing Gurley and trading Cooks, like I said, this year, if you count Gurley where they're going to save about $5.5 million and you take away Cooks where they're losing five, you're actually going to save yourself half a million dollars in cap this year from those two moves. So you had to release Gurley to trade Cooks, essentially. That's the, that's the cancellation right there. But next year, those two combined – save you almost 17 million 2022 you're saving almost 27 and a half and then 2023 26 and change so significant cap savings going forward and also cash by the way that's cash savings as well let's be let's be frank they had significant base salaries and roster bonuses on these deals as well so you're getting out early you're taking the hit in 2020 it's brutal right now and it looks and smells and, and and sounds terrible but if they can make this if they can sort of steady the ship in 2020 and like i said put together an eight nine ten win season still and keep this core together and figure out a way to keep ramsey and get through this mess of guarantees with golf and, and hope he's at least above average on a more consistent basis then you're looking at a situation where in 2021 you can spend some, some spend some dough rebuild this roster a little bit and then it's all about getting your draft assets back because they've just depleted they they've They've punted on all of them to bring in these veteran players on high-paid salaries. It's the complete backwards thinking of what most franchises are going with right now, which is dump the veterans, dump the high-price guys, go back into the draft, and get yourself a four-year rookie wage scale uh, contract that more times than not becomes one of the more valuable pieces you can have in your roster. So they've been, they went backwards. They went all in is what they did. They went all in on a near Super Bowl roster, and a year later it blew up in their faces. We've seen it a million times. We've seen that's why dynasties are very rare because it's it's up and down as quickly as it as it comes. That's just what happens. That's why the what the Patriots have done here 
cannot be understated. It's incredible the amount of turnover that they had and they forced, right? They, they constantly traded pieces out when nobody thought they should be, and they, can, they replenished through the draft, through the, through the late rounds of the draft, by the way, and kept the ship going for 20 years. Incredible, because this is what every other franchise is trying to do, and the Rams couldn't even do it for two years. So we'll see if they can, like I said, steady the ship for 2020, take on this $45 million of dead cap they're going to have when it's all said and done from all of their players. They, did, they made multiple releases, Clay Matthews, multiple, uh, Roby Coleman. We'll see. We'll see where it all ends up, and we'll see what the 2020 season has in store for them. But financially speaking, this Cooks trade was not a short-term business move. It was a long-term business move, and it was a cash savings move as well. Uh, but that's how this all breaks down for them. And again, the root of this is the timing and the structure of Jared Goff. Uh, they'll never admit they regret it, and there's a good chance that he you know, bounces back in 2020 and going forward and becomes an above-average quarterback, the, the quarterback that they really wanted him to be, and somewhat justifies the the cap and the cash and, and the, the guarantees that he has right now and will have for the next three years. They certainly need that to happen because if not, if, if his if his ship keeps sinking, Jared Goff, then it's just going to be salt on the wound. Uh, like I said, this is what the this is the result of what happened with Gurley and Bro and Cooks as step one of this. And step two will be what do we do with Jared Goff and all this all this guarantee? And if they think they're trading that one, good luck. Okay. Again, Houston, there is, some, there is a silver lining to this. They did add depth. They did build with depth. They didn't splash and, and, and give the Amari Cooper contract where you know, they're, they're essentially paying one wide receiver a ton of money after paying a running back a ton of money. Right? I mean, the Cowboys are sort of aligning themselves with what the Rams did here, and we just discussed how bad that went. So don't sleep on the Cowboys being in this exact position with Prescott, Cooper, and Elliott in a year and a half. It's extremely possible because plenty of people have their doubts about Dak. Everybody has their doubts about the running back contract, and that's just logic at this point in time. And Amari's been Amari. When he's injured, he's, he's obviously not productive. And when he's, uh, when he's healthy, he and Dak seem to, to forge a really good relationship, and he seems to be worthy of, of wide receiver one money. Again, that's not a crazy contract either, two for 40. They can get out after the 40. So a lot of it rides on Dak, just like a lot of it rides on Jared Goff with the Rams. It didn't happen in 2019. You saw what happened because of it. The, the cause and effect is no cooks, no girly. That's it. They're done. They have to take this on now to move forward. That's what they're doing right now. And it's, it's in some small little aspect, it's smart. It, it is smart. I'm in Buffalo. The Bills had to do this. Now, the Bills had to do this because there was a, a significant front office change. And every time that happens and a, a new head coach, a new system, a new structure, you know, the clean house effect is coming. But they didn't just clean house from a football standpoint, Brandon Bean sat down at, with the Bills and said, all right, these nine contracts, no good. That structure is not going to work for us. That's not how I'm going to operate my business. Any way possible to get these guys out of town, it's going to happen because I've got to put contracts on the board in our cap that are going to work for me so that I can manipulate, maneuver, and, and build this roster from, from A to Z in the way that I want to do it. All right? That is essentially what Les Snead and Sean – McVeigh are saying right now, basically, basically admitting to the fact that the veteran structure just didn't work. Okay, they tried to build a winning team and add on veteran layers to push themselves into the Super Bowl, right? Back to the Super Bowl, essentially. They they're punting on it. That, that philosophy is is out the door now. I expect them to completely dial it back now and go back to the draft where many of the franchises are trying to build from. 
It's just a cheaper, smarter, less, way less riskier approach to how to, how to do this right now. Okay, uh, I want to mention one more thing with DeAndre Hopkins because we, we've had now three significant wide receiver trades. DeAndre Hopkins, aforementioned to Arizona, which, by the way, Arizona is not going to get mentioned enough in all of this because of, it's easier to talk about the negatives than the positive. But they don't have to pay DeAndre Hopkins right now, and I don't expect them to. I think everybody on board, even, even Hopkins and his agent and his team, should basically step back and say, let's give this thing a year. Let's make sure that Kyler Murray and I are on, can find a, a rhythm, can find a connection, and forge a relationship before we lock in any kind of guaranteed money because – he wants to control his future as well. He just got shipped out of town. Okay. He asked for money, got shipped out of town. That's not how players want to operate. They want to have control of where they're going to end up and the and control of how they make their money. He's going to make his money wherever he wants to go. Okay. If he wants to, to bail out of Arizona after a year, he can certainly go to the front office there and say, look, it's not for me. I'm out. I'm going to go sign somewhere else. And they'll facilitate a trade with him. They're going to have to, we're in that, we're in that era now. That's just the era of elite players. When elite players want to go, they go. So it doesn't make any sense for either side here, Arizona or DeAndre Hopkins, to lock in $21-22 million a year with two and a half of those years fully guaranteed. Give it a year, make sure it's going to work, then do it. Because after, at that point, Larry Fitzgerald's off your, off your books. He, this is almost certainly his final year at 11 and, and change. So you can just take that, roll it into, into Hopkins, and you're – well over the threshold he needs to be. I believe he's at four for 40 or three for 39, I think it is, with DeAndre Hopkins, three for 39. So, yeah, you just have to add on, you know, seven to eight million a year, and you're good to go on that, essentially, fully guaranteed. That's essentially what we're looking for with DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's a wait-and-see approach for both sides. Stefan Diggs has four years remaining on his contract with the Bills, and the Bills had to give up a farm for it. They, they gave up a first, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. They, were, they acquired a late pick as well, I believe a fourth, but it's a dirt cheap contract. Okay, again, it's in that four for forty-five-ish range. I'm, I'm, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's something around there. Uh, four for forty-seven and a half. So it's almost identical to Brandon Cook's contract now with the Houston Texans. Um, but you can understand why the Bills had to give up so much more for Diggs. Number one, there were definitely four to five teams in big teams, the Patriots, the Jets, right? I mean, divisional teams, the bills are were bidding against their own division foes. So you can understand why that trade is so much more uh, of a return to Minnesota first, fourth, fifth, sixth, And they gave up a seventh as well, but four for 47, Stefan Diggs might be asking for money, but again, it's going to have to be at least a year. And I say two, I think, I think you don't restructure anybody without two years, two years remaining on the deal. Uh, so he's at four right now. We got to see how this thing works out. And look, you don't want to lock yourself into to Josh Allen if Josh Allen's not the guy. And there's a very good chance that this is a make or break year for Josh Allen on the Bills. I know he had a step forward year in 2019, but I don't think anybody in Buffalo and anybody in the league is sold on Josh Allen at $35 million a year for the next four years, which is what it would take it, you know, from a foundational standpoint. I mean, that's the that's Russell Wilson right now. Dak Prescott's going to exceed that. That's where we're going with Mahomes and Jackson and Allen and Baker Mayfield maybe eventually. Uh, so, again, don't, don't tie yourself to a quarterback who might not be here in a year and a half, two years. Give yourself a year. Make sure the relationship works. Make sure you're, you're stepping in the right direction with this organization. Then lock yourself in. Add yourself $7 million a year and go from there. I mean, get yourself up, up to the 19, 20, 21 mark if you have to. 
He's a better he's a better wide receiver than Brandon Cooks. He's healthier. He's more dynamic. He's younger. He hits all the boxes. So you can understand why Cooks brings back a second, and Diggs brings back so much more to Minnesota. Uh, so if you're looking at a couple of the tweets I threw out that kind of compare and contrast these three moves, these significant wide receiver moves, uh, there's logic to all of them. I'm not saying any of them are terrible outside of the Hopkins one, which we, <laughs> I've crushed it enough. Uh, you know, just the fact that they had to take on David Johnson as well. It's a whole nother show. I'm not going to it. I'm not getting there. This is about the numbers of these trades and what it means for both sides. It's fine. But I don't think any of these trades have much long-term right now. DeAndre Hopkins should, right? Like I said, give it a year, lock him in. Stefan Diggs, I think there's two years out. I think Stefan Diggs and the Bills need to figure out exactly what they have, what their core is going to be, okay? Is Devin Singletary going to be the, 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 the running back that they want to use? Or is, are they going to bring somebody else in in the fourth, fifth round this year? Is Stefan Diggs a real WR1 for them? Or do they have to go and address that somewhere else? Because they didn't do that in a draft last year. It doesn't appear like they're going to do that this year. I mean, the, the rumors in the hot stove say that they're not going to use that second-round pick on a wide receiver, that there are other options for them there. We'll see. It's possible they do, and they give themselves some leverage and, some, and a backup plan with uh, this strong wide receiver class. But again, to me, it's wait and see on Stefan Diggs, and absolutely it's wait and see on Brandon Cooks. I realize you just forfeited a second-round pick, but this is one year, eight million fully guaranteed, and then we'll see. <laughs> okay, because he's like I said, he's a boomer bust player. There's no reason to do anything reckless, and I know I'm saying this about Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. So maybe I should be expecting the worst. But for now, it's a one year, eight million dollar contract, and that's it. So to me, the most interesting part of this entire off season has been the Rams, because again. They forced themselves into the situation by going with the veteran approach, by locking in Jared Goff early, and now by having to force the hand of Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks in moves that are not business moves. They are, they are in no way financial moves for 2020, for the short term. Yes, they impact the, the, the future caps, of course, because that's contracts they won't be paying out. But for the short term in 2020, massive, massive hits. All right, that's going to do it for this edition. Quick, short, and sweet little emergency pod to discuss these trades any questions uh you know want me to break down any of these numbers any anymore i'm happy to do it on twitter at spot track s-p-o-t-r-a-c visit theathletic.com slash spot track for all your updates i'm sure they are all over this immediately as i'm speaking <laughs> with plenty of news and if any nfl news is big news but any nfl news that inquires another wide receiver trade you are, you know, they'll be all over it. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track. Get yourself 40% off. It's $2.99 a month. You can't go wrong. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. 